Hi, everyone. Welcome to the special edition of the Roar Lions Roar podcast here on Roar Lions Radio. I am your host, Bill DeFilippo, and today I am not joined uh, by Nick Pollock. Nick is off uh, helping educate the future minds of the United States of America. Instead, uh, we have a special edition of the pod that came about because I was being a goofball while I was standing around waiting for my lunch to be made and I got a podcast out of it. So, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce you to uh, one of my friends from over at Uprock Sports, someone who knows a little something about college football. That would be Mr. Martin Rickman. Martin, what's going on, pal? I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't sell myself you know, that, that, that good. I know maybe one or two <laughs> things about college football, but that's it. Yeah, like, well, I wouldn't go that much further than that. Well, listen, you're, you're the guest on my podcast. I'm going to do everything I can to make you comfortable. I, I like put out a cheese and cracker tray all Lower the AC to make it nice and chilly in here, all that stuff. But other than that, how you doing, bud? Um, well, now that there's cheese trays on the table, I'm doing great. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Where are you at right now? I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina, presently at Chip Patterson's homestead from CBS. Uh, we like to do a little home-and-home home action, and nice. I'm here for the Hopscotch Music Festival. Um, and then I'll be jetting off to Bristol for the big NASCAR track Oh yeah, extravaganza. The the most visually interesting college football game of the entire year. If you ask me about that, that's one way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> if you ask me about college football games that are going to look uh, a little bit weird visually, and not because of anything that's going to you know go on to the stands, but just because it's going to be one hell of an ugly football game, uh, I'd have to say that's going to be this weekend's matchup between Pitt and Penn State. And w- there's been a lot of talk about ha- whether this is a rivalry or not. Whether uh, these schools, the infrequency with which they play makes it not a rivalry. Uh, a place that I wrote for when I was in college said uh, the other day that Pitt isn't worthy of being Penn State's rival. Just a lot of really weird stuff has gone on into the lead-up to this game about whether or not this is a rivalry. And Martin, you have, uh, I'd say despite your objections you have your uh thumb on the pulse of college football pretty well so when you think of rivalries where is Penn State and Pittsburgh or is it just not a rivalry at all are people right when they say Penn State and Pitt are not rivals but see look at what you just said you've got people arguing about whether or not it's a rivalry you've got people saying oh it doesn't count it isn't one I mean that's the definition of a rivalry (laughs) that's like when you have Steelers fans and Browns fans arguing about it Browns fans will tell you every day until they're blue in the face that the Steelers are their biggest rival and it's the game that they look forward to most twice a season. And then Steelers fans will say, well, the Browns win one out of every 30 times. It's not a rivalry. Well, it is because you still care. If yeah. the Browns started winning again, then you're going to really care about it. Yeah. If Pitt and Penn State play every year, people are going to care about it. It's a rivalry. It is. And yeah. don't try to tell me it isn't, especially when you're talking about recruiting in the region. Oh, absolutely. This is a huge game for both programs. Right now is a time for Pat Narduzzi to try to make a statement to kind of take Pennsylvania back because it's a chance to do that. You know, Penn State's been wobbly a little bit, you know, for whatever reasons, and there are a lot of them. Yeah. This is happening. And Narduzzi's the type that he loves that idea of people maybe not thinking that they're even in the little brother conversation. I mean, he did the same thing at Michigan State when he was the defensive coordinator. He knows exactly what he's doing. Michigan doesn't think Michigan State's a rival. Ohio State doesn't think Michigan State's a rival. And then they just sneakily come out there and and do what they've been able to do the last few seasons. I I think he's taking the same approach in this one. I I love that this game is happening again. I love that there was a hiatus because 
you get these weird inflammatory conversations and you get fans arguing amongst themselves. But when you heard Pat Narduzzi talk about this game, particularly at ACC media days, you could tell he was fired up. I mean, he was going to say, well, we got to worry about week one and every game on the schedule matters and this and that coaches are going to say that, but you read between the lines, this game matters to them. And I'm sure it matters just as much to Penn State. And, yeah. and, and that's, that's coming from your guys' perspective. I don't want to speak for Penn State because it's a Penn State podcast. I'll let you guys talk <laughs> about it from that aspect and that standpoint. But from the Pitt standpoint, at least from what I've gathered, it's a big game. And, yeah. and there are a lot of reasons for that, man. Like, I mean, the James Conner thing is its own animal. But when you deal with that much emotion in a game this big in a coach's second year, I don't know. You start to yeah. You start to really have fun with it. I Absolutely. think it could be the best game of the weekend. Very easily. And one thing that you mentioned that I found really interesting is the whole uh, Pat Narduzzi is coaching his team up as if you know they're the little brother. They have that mentality that we need to go out and make a statement. James Franklin, when he was at Vanderbilt for three years, his entire thing was, listen, nobody respects us. Nobody yep. believes in us. It's that entire mindset of, we need to show that we are on the same level as these guys. And if you ask uh, college football uh, insiders and writers and stuff like that, if you look at people picking this game, there aren't too many people who think that Penn State has that much of a chance. If you look at Las Vegas, I think the line is something like Pitt is favored to win by six points. So if in the big, broad context of college football, yes, Pitt is absolutely going to be perceived by a lot of people as the quote-unquote little brother in this series. But, and this is what I think makes this game so interesting. Heading into this one, this particular game on uh, September 10th, 2016, Penn State seems like the program that's a little bit behind, I don't want to say behind the eight ball, but considered to be the team that needs this win. Uh, and there are the whole, you know, there. I've mentioned this on the pod a few times, like people think that, uh, James Franklin's on a very hot seat. I would very, very much argue that he's not. But there are a lot of people that want to see what happens here because they want to have this game be something of a barometer of the program. So th- I, I, do you think that's all accurate, the fact that James Franklin, it almost seems like, in a way, he has to dig into that uh, bag of ch- motivational tricks that he used at Vanderbilt to get Penn State really up for this game. Man, I don't know. I think it's part that, but I think it's part Franklin knowing kind of that you're on a tipping point with recruiting. I think, I think he sees the importance of this, that always, that, that perception is reality thing. Like Penn State's the, the name brand, just like Michigan was the name brand and Michigan State came and stole that away from them. And it made a difference. You don't get a guy like, Malik McDowell if you don't start to punch up yeah and I think that from the general college football landscape even though Penn State is probably down versus where Pitt is right now and if it is it's not that much it's it's comparable yeah but that's not what the general population thinks that being said if Pitt goes out there and stops them then you're in trouble a little bit yeah you're, you're in a situation where you've got this young team that maybe doesn't know who they are. And Penn State's a little bit like Tennessee in that regard, just not as highly touted. <laughs> they need to play themselves into becoming this year's Penn State team. Having this game this early in the season, 
it could kind of make or break your season. That's that's the thing with the young kids. It, it's not like the NFL where they'll figure it out eventually and just kind of play into being who you are. These moments are really big for for shorter seasons, four year careers, and all that. Like it could easily be the difference between having a really successful year and being like a six or seven win team just by how you play and perform in this game. And you hate for it to come down to potentially kicking, but I mean when one of the kickers names is Blewett, <laughs> like you yeah. know, <laughs> Penn State's, I don't know. And I'm not going to try and sound arrogant. Penn State's kicker has never missed a field goal. Of course, I think as long as something like 42 yards, but he's still got that perfect record. And also one thing, I really hope that Tennessee fans hear this because if they hear that someone compared to James Franklin-led program to Tennessee, you that is going to go over so, so well with a lot of volunteers <laughs> but fans. It's not, but, it's but, not like the said, same program. I was it's say, not the same yeah. situation. And it's not the same context. I'm just saying in terms of identity. Oh, no, absolutely. And that could, Penn State needs yeah. a few games to figure out who Penn State is. Exactly. And I think that's the same with Tennessee. Exactly. I think if you, if you take the Tennessee game against Virginia Tech and you played that in the end of October in Bristol or just anywhere else, Tennessee wins that game by three touchdowns. Yeah. I think you play it this weekend in a weird location with a gigantic scoreboard that is threatening to fall on you in any minute. <laughs> And, you know, I don't know, maybe some cars are going to drive on the track. I don't know what's going to happen. I'll be there. <laughs> it gets a little bit wacky. Yeah. And definitely. you don't know. Early season games, you just don't know. And look at Tennessee against App State. Tennessee's a better team than App State. They've got better personnel. They've got the better everywhere. But they still needed to close that game out and barely win. That's all I'm saying. And, yeah, and I don't. they're not the same program, and they're not even the same steps yeah, of that, yeah. you know, reclamation project whatever so i don't want that i don't want to end up on some message board because i just don't have time for it right now bill yeah, i got i got you I, I didn't mean to put that evil on you but i just had to, something that internally i've dealt I was with like, the yeah, wrath of vols fans before and Oof. i'm not dealing with it again i'm just trying to say it, it's a it's that yes. perception thing yes. and the perception of both programs is that they're these vaunted nationally relevant programs and sometimes you need a little bit of time for your team to figure exactly. out who they want to be or who they're going to be you're just not that out of the gate. That's and, not how college football works yeah. unless you're Alabama. <laughs> yeah, well, Alabama plays on a completely different level from everyone else. And I don't mean that in, like, you know, breaking rules or anything. They're just a bunch of – they're terrifying. Uh, and you made a good point. If this game is being played – and this is something that I think a lot of Penn State fans would agree with. If this game is being played on November 10th instead of September 10th, there may be a little bit more uh, optimism. Uh, because people just don't know right now. I mean, the best thing we have to go on is, I, I mean, probably S&P Plus. And uh, those numbers have Penn State as the number 27 team in the country and Pitt at 29. These teams, by all accounts, seem like they're very even. But then you consider it's at Pitt. Then you consider it's early in the season. Then you consider all these little things. And for me, I have Pitt winning 24 to 17. What do you have, Martin? I mean, that's that's a pretty good I, – I, my gut says Pitt wins because they're at home and because they're yeah. hungry. Yeah. That's all. That's the only thing that, that, that I've got in this one. Yeah. I think if it's in Happy Valley, Penn State wins by a field goal. Yeah. I think because – I think Pitt's probably, I don't know, four-and-a-half-point favorites, but it's seven-point swing depending on where you are. So, yeah, I'll probably give Pitt, Pitt the edge here, 24-17. 
27-17, something yeah. like that. It's going to be a weird game. Yep. There's going to be a lot of stalled drives. There're going to be a couple fluky plays. Yep. But I think Pitt's ability to kind of control the line of scrimmage in the first half is going to make the difference yep. here. I think Penn State's front hasn't quite figured it out yet. And I think they're going to. I think you're going to end up with a pretty good defense by the end of the year. Yeah. I, I, I would not be surprised if, if that ends up being the case. But I think Pitt has it figured out a little bit more than Penn State does on both sides of the ball. Plus That's the thing, all. Yeah. Plus the thing that terrifies me, I wrote this uh, for Uprocks. I wrote this for Roar Lions Roar. This just seems like one of those games where sometime early in the game, James Conner gets a ball from like 35 yards out and just houses it. Yeah, he's going to punch some dude in the mouth. He's going to go like 65 yards, score, and everything is going to go out of those Penn State guys. And they might claw back, but if you're down 10-0 early in the second quarter, you've got one drive that you have super promising, and then you end up having to settle for three instead of seven, and you're in the half down 10-3. Then Penn Penn State goes three and out, Pitt scores again. It's either 13-3 or 17-3. I think then that's the game. It just, like, yeah. I've seen that so many times, and it's closer even than the score will indicate. It comes down to the two or three plays, yep. and that's rivalry games. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's Michigan State-Michigan from last year. Yeah. Not to go back to that, but no, I mean, that's totally. what Doozy does for me is I always start to think about about what Michigan State does because he what he did there, you know, it that's going to be the mirror image yep. and he, he wants to build that program, but that, you know, that, that kick, that punt, you have a totally different Michigan year. You have a different Michigan state year. And yeah. I think it could come down to something like that. A blocked field goal, missed assignment, dude just falling on his face when he should have had an interception. Like, I don't know, but that's the rivalry thing. Yep. I mean, when you look at Iowa, Iowa state, it's going to be the same thing. <laughs> Time, 10 times out of 10 this year, I would take Iowa. If I just was doing a blind taste test about which team was going to win, but would you be surprised if Iowa State comes out and plays them to within a field goal and puts the fear of God in them? I wouldn't. Yeah, no. That's what happens. Yeah. Never never count out the magic of El Asico, my friend. Uh, but yeah. And- <laughs> I learned that the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's weird. It seems like when we talk about this game, it's all the things that can go wrong for Penn State and all the things that go right for Pitt. Uh Listen, I'm hoping that the other it goes the other way. Everything goes right for Penn State. Everything goes wrong for Pitt. But one thing that definitely went right was this uh, brief edition of the Roar Lions Roar podcast. Again, Martin, thank you for taking a few minutes to come on. This is uh, definitely a treat. And hope we can get you on here uh, some other time when we can sit down and pick some Big Ten games or something like that. Just like this rivalry, I hope it happens more than once every 16 years. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll shoot for some time in the next like four to five to have you on, but we'll definitely uh, definitely try to do that again. Thank you, everyone, uh, for listening to this edition of uh, Roar Lions or a podcast here on Roar Lions Radio. For uh, our special guest, Martin Rickman, I'm Bill DeFilippo. Take care, y'all.